When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking season six, episode 13, lucky number 13, Mm -hmm. Saul Gone, because... It's all gone. It this is. is the season and series finale. Uh, Alexis. Yes. Before we start, let me say this for everybody. Mm-hmm. I have not yet listened to the Breaking Bad Insider for the finale mm. for two reasons. One, I did not want my opinion to be influenced by the creator's own interpretation of their work. Because I think, boy, the end of this is open to some interpretation. And we'll yeah. get there. Yeah. And two, it's probably just a lot of name checking and backslapping. <laughs> so I'm like, if there's ever going to be an episode of that podcast that I don't probably need to listen to before I podcast, it's this one. Also, we're going to be doing a wrap up podcast next week. So yeah, it'll be nice to leave ourselves a little bit of fodder. For that. Sure. And I will get to that podcast this week just to hear what they thought of their own work. Uh, but I have not listened to it. That said... Alexis, what do you think of this episode? I didn't listen to the Insider podcast for the same reasons. <laughs> Not because I just didn't. <laughs> hmm. uh, what what can you say about this episode? It, to my mind at least, it delivered more or less everything I wanted. Gotcha. And that's saying a lot. So. Oh yeah, you I'm have any expectations for this episode? No, I had no expectations, which I think is usually the the way to go for totally. the ending of anything or for anything really. Just like expect to be entertained, and sure. you're probably going to be good, and that is what happened to me. But I also, I feel like I got a good resolution, a resolution that mm-hmm. feels fair, but also not totally cruel. In the same, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think I largely agree with that. I have an interpretation of the final scene, but I kind of want to <laughs> wait until we get there yeah, to talk about like where we leave Jimmy and Kim and how we feel about that. Yeah. Uh, so there's something to look forward to in this podcast, but <laughs> I, I really thought this episode is a textural masterpiece. Like every element of Better Call Saul kind of came together in this one episode every element of the entire series like Mm -hmm. the the quiet reflection in the beginning the the action that that immediately like picks up the comedy with especially bringing about bill oakley uh (laughs) that was a fantastic move i thought um there's the comedy there's the tension that this show always has like every yeah every scene was like a different flavor of better call saul that all worked to serve as like a really good this is the show in a nutshell thing for me. Um and I was I was thoroughly impressed by this episode. 
Nice. Me too. I enjoyed it. It was good to. It was a good send off. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Re- I absolutely agree with that. Even on the second watch, I think I enjoyed it even more the second time. Just catching all the little stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that you know we kind of gave them grief for in the last <laughs> several episodes. I mean, last week we really liked a lot, but the the couple before that, it was like, man, do you really need to be doing what you're doing here? And I think. Ultimately, looking back at it, it makes more sense. I will still say I was not super enjoying it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, even though those scenes individually were fun to watch, I was like, what does this all mean? Why do I care about this at this juncture? Um, so I don't like retract everything I said about it, but I definitely think it adds texture to this season finale. It that, does. It does. That You know, it's not even that you need the the things that it added because mm-hmm. like you could pick up almost everything I, th- I think the one essential thing it does is sort of shows you that Saul Goodman was a big part of why Walter White ever got anywhere because yeah. that's essential to believing him for for everything he's going to say in this final episode but it's more that it's just like a recap for people um, you know a way to say like hey these are all the things that you could have picked up if you have the series fresh in your mind completely but we're going to go ahead and recap all that stuff for you um, mm-hmm. in a new and fresh way, right? But uh, this is all stuff that, like, you already kind of know about Jimmy or Saul, but we're going to give it to you here at the end again to reinforce the themes that we're about to go into and the decisions that Jimmy's about to make mm-hmm. um, so that you don't have to have come off a fresh rewatch of the entire show to really feel this ending. Right. And give the opportunity for a couple of cameos. Why not? Sure, yeah, and those were great cameos. <laughs> they I mean, were, yeah. Seeing Michael McKean back this episode was so good. Yeah, that was nice. I I really enjoyed the first half of this show. Yeah, oh, me too. It's some of the best stuff uh, in a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing Walter White back was also <laughs> very cool. Uh, and more is Heisenberg, right? This is like oh, yeah. end this of is like Breaking Bad stuff. This is like Heisenberg. This is him having beef with everybody for breathing and existing basically uh-huh yeah yeah so i don't know i felt like this was a great finale for a pretty great show agreed all you right ready to move on to the recap i guess so yeah let's do it let's do it look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So we cold open, in color, in the desert, with the esteem. Uh, Mike and Jimmy find a reservoir, I guess, is what you would call that, and have a somewhat sincere heart-to-heart about time machines. 
you know, before we get too far into this scene, yeah. I, I want to talk about the recap, the previously on, because, you know, as far as recaps go, no, if, sure. this, if what they were doing in those other two episodes was recap, well, this is explicitly that. Uh, I liked how they put the line about in the phone call where, you know, Jimmy says we're both too smart to throw our lives away for no reason. And then this plea deal that he gets later in the episode and then his decision at the end to like throw that away and throw his own life away essentially he mm-hmm. does it for a reason I've, i found that like a real contrast to like throwing his life away for no reason he threw it away for the only reason for mm-hmm. him which is the only reason left yeah yeah which we'll talk about at the end but sure. um, i just noticed that in the previously on yeah uh, as far as the first scene goes, we don't often see the desert in other TV shows outside of like westerns, mm-hmm. and I gotta say I'm gonna miss it. Uh, the the yeah. landscape, the the feel that you get from the location of this series is pretty unique. It is. I I always like desert imagery. It feels there's something very clean about it to me. Hmm. Okay. If that if that makes sense, like the the sight lines are pretty open. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I don't know. It's clean. There's no, I guess there's just no mud anywhere. Is that, is that where I'm <laughs> that going? The bugs are hidden at least. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's no signs of real life. That too. There. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the starkness of it. I like that. Yeah. And I won't miss it too. Me too. But I love all the, <laughs> all the things about this scene, uh, this, there, there are a couple of final indignities that he's going <laughs> to suffer in this episode, mm-hmm. and coming back to this scene with the pee bottle hanging from his neck is one. Of those. Yeah. Oh, and this fool, and I don't know how you would do this. I guess you'd have to like scoop the water out with your hand and then put it in the bottle. He just rinses his bottle right in that thing that Mike is then going to yeah. have to be filling his water bottles out of after. Oh, uh, yeah. <sighs> what a dick! If I'm gonna be like, wait a second, wait, hey, no. Yeah. You let me go first, you pee boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope he rinsed it a few times, not just once. Ugh, disgusting. Uh, so this conversation about time machines, this will be the first time this comes up in the episode. I guess it only comes up twice, right? Three times? Twice. Uh twice, once with Three Mike and once count with Walt. A book reference. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean it's it's yeah, I, I really like that book, but we'll we'll get there. <laughs> the placement of that book, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Mike gives a sincere answer because he's not a turd. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Saul is in his denial phase, so he talks about stocks. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a money guy, and Mike's a cop and a family guy, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was curious about some of these dates because he says like the one he'd go back to is when he, the day he took his first bribe, 1965, mm-hmm. or sorry, sorry, not 65, 1980 something. Um, and then there's people we'd like to check on in five or ten years, which to me was his son Maddie, maybe, probably. See how he's doing. Um, his son but Maddie then, and also the other cops that were probably dirty at the same time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they got taken down or something and he didn't. I don't know. Yeah, because that's the thing. That's the thing with Mike's background is that for anybody who's forgotten, uh, he 
took bribes as a cop, and mm-hmm. that is kind of what led him down this path, this bad choice road. Yeah, and he mentions another date, December 8th, 2001, which I assume was the day Maddie was, not the day Maddie was killed, but the day that that phone call happened with Maddie, where he told him to take the bribe. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all I can assume, because it's like three years before where we are now, or, you know, the end of like the Jimmy era, Better Call Saul. Um, So it must be around that time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. We, I guess we get some kind of joking confirmation that Jimmy did consider <laughs> taking the money and running. Yeah. I don't know how strongly he actually considered that, but... I don't know. This this brought me back to season one. No, no. I think the very beginning of season two, maybe. The first scene, actually. Um, where Jimmy goes through the, the parking garage gate... And he pulls up next to Mike and he says, I had a million and a half dollars in my hands or whatever, and I let that go. I'm never making that mistake again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now here he is with even more money. And the money he's talking about, you know, having after all said and done is this like just over a million or whatever. So so it really brought me back to that scene. And yet here he is again letting that money go. Yeah. I I don't know how to, to square that circle. <laughs> Um, cause he does make the same mistake, but I don't view it as a mistake. It's not a mistake. Also the stakes I feel like are way higher. He mm-hmm. has a much better idea of who he's dealing with at this point than maybe he did before. Oh yeah. I mean, the Kettleman's couldn't do anything to him. <laughs> Kettleman's. Um, also I just want to take a moment to kind of give kudos to the production team for being able to so convincingly reproduce these scenes or these like the tail ends of these scenes that we've already seen before. They did it multiple times in this episode mm-hmm. where the settings, they look just like exactly like they did before. The, the actors look just right. Like Jimmy is sufficiently sunburned. <laughs> uh-huh. His lips are peely, you know, all yeah. the details are spot on. And that really helps sell the, the time jumps Yeah, for me. Absolutely. You can only do so much about like aging, of course. With with these like deep flashbacks, like sure. the the Breaking Bad stuff from yeah. last episode, but or the episode before. But yeah, what what can you do? Yeah, but everything else is spot on. It's great. Mm-hmm. Got anything else to say about Mike and Jimmy in the desert? Nope. All right, let's move on. So we cut to Gene on the run. He goes by his house to grab his saw box. Then his path eventually leads him to the world's juiciest garbage dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I really love the desperate fumbling for a way out here. You know, yes. he's got this cupboard full of phones, which I find hilarious. <laughs> uh, that he goes to pick one out of. He goes running to the dumpster out the back door. Um ends up in this disgusting dumpster and I think he's going to try and call the vacuum guy. I think so. The disappearer again yeah. uh, from this dumpster, but the <laughs> clamshell case gives him away and which also dumpster gross clamshell case, even grosser. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful touch, a beautiful comedic bit of fuckery. Yeah. <laughs> They're the worst. I hate clamshell cases. They are the worst and it takes them down. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed seeing him desperate mm-hmm. in this moment. Desperate in a way that we 
haven't seen him be probably for a very long time. I can't remember when the last time his ass was in this much trouble. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and actively uh, on the run. Been a while, especially because most of these episodes in the final half here have been Gene episodes. Mm-hmm. Fully half of them at this point. Um, so yeah, you don't see him really on the run. I mean, he's always on the run, right? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, Saul Goodman is a man on the run, literally mm-hmm. from his own feelings. True. Um, but yeah, I, I this desperate, I I like it. I do too. They really, they really leaned into the the goo aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Whenever he finally stands up with the cops surrounding him, there's just stuff dripping off his elbow. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. It's like the slime from, uh, I don't know, Job of the Hutt's food or whatever. What's the worst uh, dumpster scene? This one or the one at Sandpiper Crossing? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Because that one he gets like fresh, <laughs> fresh yeah. diapers dumped on his, dirty oh, diapers dumped on his head. Oh, and... man. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, the goo you know or the goo you don't. Mm, yeah. yeah, mystery goo is pretty mystery bad. Mystery goo is pretty bad. If I imagine a nation can go pretty dark places with mystery goo. I mean, dirty diapers are no Disgusting. good. Don't get me wrong. No, but at least, again, at least you know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what smells worse, uh, fresh like human shit or food leavens that have been cooking. In the Nebraska sun for weeks or days. The biggest indignity of it all, though, is that he then almost certainly met the person whose dirty diaper he had dumped on his head, right? Oh, it's him. <laughs> because yeah, he sure. became the lawyer and friend of all those people. So it's true. I don't know if he could pick them out of a lineup based on smell, <laughs> color. Why would you want to? Perhaps taste. I don't even know. Hey, but- now. Hey, now. <laughs> he definitely met the, the culprit. He, yeah, you're right about that. He's never going to meet the mystery goo guy. I'll just say that. He won't. Is that better? <laughs> I don't know. This went, no to a, idea. this went to a gross place. It's my fault for calling the world's juiciest dumpster. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, diamonds. Diamonds right right in the trash. Yeah. That's such you a think bummer. the cops got him? I don't know. I mean, probably, right? They would have to go through and find all the documents that he dumped. So, yeah. Yeah, I suppose they'd probably it's search evidence, his right? location where he was, where he yeah, was found for especially evidence. Especially if yeah. there's like just a, a semi-clean shoebox surrounded by Saul Goodman documents. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. cash. In cash. Yeah, they'd have to search. Well, those went into somebody's pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one thing that I noticed. I don't even know if this is real or not, but it kind of tickles me to imagine that it is. But uh, when he's crawling out of that weird low window from his apartment, uh, that zigzaggy sidewalk that he has to like juke on when he's <laughs> running out yeah, very strongly resembles the Wexler McGill logo from back when they were trying to be together but separate. Yeah. Law offices. No, I'm glad you, you pointed that out. I didn't want to steal your thunder there, but I was hoping you would. Because <laughs> I find that super interesting. I think like... Yeah, I was wondering if that's why he chose that apartment specifically. Yeah, could be. Could be. It was an interesting touch. Good observation. Uh, worst sidewalk. 
ever. Oh, yeah. Number one, those points are probably going to break off like immediately. I can't believe they're still intact with all the snow and ice that they get. What's well, a stupid and also, design for apartment good for building. walking. Like what what yeah. are we doing? We're putting giant windows jutting out of the sides of these buildings into the walkway? Yeah. Of course bizarre. that's going to break the walkway. You got Oh yeah, I don't know whoever designed that, but they're an idiot. And it was and it was an inelegant solution with the sidewalks, but also yeah. it gave her it gave us Wexler McGill. So, I'll take it. Uh, oh, and there's another thing, the the music. <laughs> Well, he's on the run, especially in this alleyway. It reminded me so much of Hitman, especially with the intensity. Like when he notices people mm. searching for and the music suddenly gets a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. It's just like Hitman, minus the the hitting, I guess. All right. Minus yeah. the soup cans. Soup right. cans and nickels. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anything else here? All right. So we follow Gene to jail. Where he makes a couple of improbable phone calls and has a little time to reflect on the absurdity of his situation. Mm-hmm. Calls Cinnabon. Calls Cinnabon. <sighs> his one call, and that's what he that's what he defaults to. I find this sweet. <laughs> Not in a Cinnabon way, but in like a caring about him his employees kind of way. This yeah. like I can guarantee if Gus ever got arrested, he'd call Lyle. And say that's why it freaked me out so much, or not freaked me out, but that's why it gave me a little bit of pause because I I did not expect mm-hmm. for he and Gus to be similar in this way. Yeah, I didn't expect him to give a shit at all about the Cinnabon employees, but I guess every time we've seen him interacting with them, he does seem to care about them. He's he's a nice guy to them. He's respectful, yeah. Yeah, and who else? Who else does he have to call? He has nobody <laughs> to call. I mean, Kim. He thinks, yeah, until he, he just sees made that a graffiti. phone call. Yeah, and. Kim just told him to go fuck himself. So, yeah, he's got nobody to call. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't think to call Oakley until he sees the graffiti in the holding cell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: yeah. speaking of phone calls, there's no way in hell the disappearer does anything. He just he doesn't even answer the phone when he sees. Well, he's not going to see Saul's number, right? He's either going to see, see some random number, yeah, the cell phone, the burner number, or. <laughs> God forbid the jail number. <laughs> uh, that would be insane if he tried to call him from the payphone at the jail or yeah. the whatever at the jail. Uh, yeah, there's no way he would have taken that call. And even if he did take the call, he certainly wouldn't have taken the job. He would have taken the call, but not the job for sure. Too hot. Too hot. Literally at a dumpster. Could yeah. not be more hot. But not in the right way. Because <laughs> I got the feeling when he was, because he pulls out in a scene earlier, the card from mm-hmm. the disappearer and he's like reading it. And I felt like he was memorizing it mm. so that when he ran to wherever he was going to run, he could call them up, but not have that evidence on him sure. at the time. But then, but then immediately in that scene, he's opening the, or t- attempting to open the clam case. Yeah. So I thought he was going to try and call the disappearer, which would have done nothing. Like he's, he's not a guy who comes in and like gets you out of. Yeah. He doesn't uh, save that you. That kind he... of pickle. He scoops you from a safe place. Right. From the side of the road or a safe house or... At best, he would have said, okay, meet us 12 miles away on the other side of town or whatever and we'll get you, but I'm not coming to where the cops are barricading streets. Yeah, no way. To help you out, man. No way. That was a a desperate maneuver from a desperate man. Yeah. Wouldn't have worked out. Let me ask you this. So the second person, you said, you know, he paces around in his cell a little bit. He sees this 
message about my lawyer will ream your ass <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> and suddenly he remembers that he is Saul Goodman mm-hmm. and that he can try and lawyer his way out of this. Why does he call Bill if he's just going to represent himself in the end? And when he calls Bill, he's not even like, I need you to be my defense attorney. He's like, I need you to be my assistant counsel or whatever. Why involve Bill in this at all? Is it a favor to Bill? Is it is it one last fuck you to Bill? <laughs> I mean, so Bill has no reason to accept these demands. So I don't, I don't really know. That's a big question for me too. I is he trying to bring him in? to see this final truth-telling that happens later on? Is he, like you said, trying to help him get some, like, street cred or something with having worked with the Saul Goodman? I felt I felt like it was that. Well, it's not even, like, working with the Saul Goodman. It's, I mean, Saul Goodman is a high-profile criminal at this point. Mm-hmm. And people who work on, lawyers or attorneys who work on uh, high-profile criminal cases get a lot of notoriety both among their peers and even the public sometimes. Yeah. Um, And we know that Bill just started a private practice. It's, in my opinion, what he's doing is he is trying to boost Bill's profile. And he's doing it because he remembers being, uh, you know, Jimmy McGill, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Attorney at law or whatever, whatever his slogan was. I can't even remember at this point. (laughs) But he kind of like wants to help Bill out. Yeah, and also maybe just having a familiar face there with him to bolster his spirits in some way. Maybe. I don't know. Is uh, that a he doesn't seem that sentimental yeah, to me. Yeah, right. It's almost like, yeah, I, I just thought it was like, if you could be the guy that got Saul Goodman only seven and a half years sure. in jail for the stuff he did, you'd be a hero. You'd be a super lawyer. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I would believe that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Okay. He says to Bill that he's going out on top, which is hilarious in this situation. Mm-hmm. We cut back to Saul in a conference room. He has his charges read to him, invites a familiar face into the room, and hours later manages to talk his way into a cushy plea deal. Hmm. Familiar face, you say. In the form of Marie. Is that Miss, excuse me, Mrs. Schrader? It is. It is the widowed Mrs. Schrader. Yeah. There's a moment in here where he responds to her and he starts off with Miss and then corrects himself to Mrs. (laughs) So as not to like essentially throw her newfound widowhood into her face. Yeah. Um, Which I liked. That nice, subtle little touch. Uh, Betsy Brandt is great in this scene. She's she like, is. She's the embodiment of impotent rage. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like say that. Oh, the the Bill Oakley performance is a little bit thankless uh-huh. because he is so good at what he does. That actor uh, that you know it's indicative of how thankless that role is. That I don't even actually know his name, um, but. <laughs> To me, the standouts in this episode are Bob Odenkirk at the top and then mm-hmm. Betsy Brandt a very close second just for this scene alone. She's so good. Yeah, her her face is really telling a story as she listens to the 
fucking humbuggery that's happening in front of her. And the speech she delivers about good, Hank yeah. and, you know, Gomez and how, you know, they were on the side of, of justice, of, of sure. right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say what you want about Hank. He's not... <laughs> He's not as great a guy as she's making him up to be. Yeah, she's definitely putting him on a pedestal, but I think you can be forgiven for that when your husband died, like, apparently a year and a half ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the way she defends him, the, the the emotion that she's giving off here is extremely strong and extremely justified in my mind. Um, I don't know. I, I thought she did a great job in this scene. I was impressed uh, with her just her character in general mm-hmm. because Marie can be a little a little impulsive shall we say she can be a little just emotionally unstable but she yeah. manages to keep it together that was a nice touch for this yeah. last scene that she's or not she's in another scene but she isn't saying anything so for her last spoken scene mm-hmm it's a nice send off. Yeah, the the other thing about her that I remember from Breaking Bad is that she is a bit of a firebrand. Yes. Um, and if she says something isn't going to be, then it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, unless maybe you're Skylar White, maybe her sister can you know deal with her um, or tone that down. But here, the I, I was surprised to see the. That the government, because they make that, they make that point, right? Like Betsy Brand says, you are not going to negotiate with this guy. You're not. And she folds her arms and she does the thing she would do with Hank and Hank would back down. But the government here does negotiate with him. Yeah. So I, it was nice to see that, that part of Marie come back up to the surface uh, through her sadness, but also it was ineffectual in a strange way. I'm not used to seeing from her. Yeah, probably helps that that guy had you know six other people around him. If it, if it sure, had just sure. if it had been one on one, yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. She's very fiery. True, not even that fire can overcome the weight of the U.S. government. Oh, the crushing weight <laughs> of pseudo justice. So it's seven and a half years, and a very good cell in a very good prison. Yeah, I was wondering if Saul could get away with the victim defense here because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've seen him do this in the past. We've seen him do this with the Chuck quote unquote confession yeah. when he was trying to get his law his law license reinstated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that board just saw right through him. Yeah. They, they did not buy it. Um, so I was a little bit surprised surprised that they back down so much but he's right all all he needs is one juror right if he can mm-hmm. and he is very good at convincing people of things uh and to do things and if he can convince just one juror to hang this jury then i he's i, I doubt he's gonna like go free for that i think he'll just be on what perpetual trial yeah i don't know exactly how it works but i don't know either it also helps that, at least uh, physically, it's true. All those things did happen. Oh, he, yeah. He, he was kind of a victim, but he was also a complicit victim. So. Yeah, and that's why I really love that that flashback with um, to his office with Mike, mm-hmm. where 
it's right after Walt and Jesse took him to the desert and he says, yeah, I think this guy's going to be big. Let, let's get in on it. You know, I <laughs> yeah. really want to work with Walter White. That's why that one was so important to me. Yeah. Because it told you that he was the instigator there. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of needed to know that going into this finale. Otherwise, I might have believed him. Right. Right. Yeah. I've seen all the terrible things he's done. <laughs> no, he, he saw dollar signs. Yeah. And like he like he admits to at toward the end of the episode, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there. But yeah, multiple, just many, many different motivations happening. Um, so he's pleading. He's going to do a plea deal here mm-hmm. with the government and they're going to give him seven and a half years. Uh, but he's going to dictate where he wants to serve his term. And he picks pretty cushy prison FCI Butner low. I looked it up. It's in North Carolina. Sure. I guess the weather's good over there. Um, it is a, it, it's called Butner low L O W because it's a low security prison mm. as opposed to where he ends up later, which is ADX Montrose, which is a supermax a maximum security prison out which in Colorado, is, which is the one that he super did not want to go to. Yeah. And the weather sucks, right? <laughs> Colorado, yeah, it's going to be sucks. snowing half the year. Uh, sure. You yeah. don't even get so the benefit of So he got the opposite weed. of what he wanted here. Yep. But he did get, well, he doesn't He doesn't get the ice cream, but he did pick the best flavor, mint chocolate chip. Hmm. I feel like I went hard on, uh, what's that terrible stuff called last week? So Mayonnaise? Um, Excuse me, Miracle Whip. I went hard on Miracle Whip last week, so I will keep my silence on. <laughs> I know what you think. I know what you think. Chip. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. So after it, this, trust me, she I'm has leaving. opinions on mint chocolate chip. I've heard them many times. It's I'm one sorry. of my favorite flavors. It might be my favorite flavor of ice cream, <sighs> and I don't care who knows it. That's fine. It's gross. That's fine. People can like gross things. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? You know what part of it is for me is that it looks like it's a very similar color to pistachio ice cream, which is amazing and maybe my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I see that that green and I get excited mm. and then it ends up being fucking mint chocolate chip. And I'm the opposite of excited. <laughs> Moving on. <Okay. laughs> we go back in time to the Breaking Bad era when Saul and Walter White or sharing a safe room in the disappearer's place. Saul asks the time machine question again and still can't give an honest answer about regret. Yeah, so I find it telling that, you know, the the previous scene ended with him finding out that Kim is in trouble. Yes, that's and right. And then we go straight to a regret scene mm-hmm. where, you know, of course, he still doesn't come out with any of that stuff, right? Right. Um, he regrets breaking his knee one time. Right. right, some botched slip and fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really like this scene. I think Brian Cranston is excellent. Of course, when has he not been? When has he been anything less than amazing in any of his performances as Walt? Mm-hmm. Um, but I particularly love how he just blows up. Like this, this question to him is as stupid as Jesse in the RV saying, "We're going to build a robot to get out of the desert," right? Yeah. He's like, no, you idiot. We're building batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar, but much less deserved, I feel like. But like, just 
You want to just take a question at face value for once, you prickly fuck? Mm-hmm. Ugh, Walter White. What yeah. Turd. No, he's he's a real shit. And I, and I thought like okay, when he starts to open up about the regrets thing, right? When he says, "All right, well, if you want to talk about regrets, so just save regrets." Mm-hmm. And then he goes into the Elian and Gretchen thing, Elian, Elliot <laughs> and Gretchen thing. And I'm like, okay, we're finally going to get to the heart of the fallout between him and Elliot and Gretchen. But yet again, we get his side of the story. Yeah. And I'm like, I think the fandom has done enough to connect what dots are there and fill in the rest with guesses and things that make sense based on their characters Mm -hmm. for me to feel like I have a handle on what happened roughly but I kind of wish as in this last moment, in this last opportunity that we would have gotten at least a detail or two more that would have confirmed some of those ideas. That's Walt for you. Infuriating to the very end. Yeah. There are three pieces of evidence that I think are the strongest to suggest what I'm about to suggest, which is my understanding of what happened is that uh, both Walter and Elliot we're into Gretchen. Elliot won, if you want to, if you want to look at it that way. And Walt uh, was butthurt about it, so he left the company. Mm-hmm. Now, my three pieces of evidence: one, he says he did he did the gentlemanly thing and left. Mm-hmm. Whenever you talk about being a gentleman, it's always in reference to a woman. Sorry, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Generally speaking, uh, two. There is a flashback scene in Breaking Bad mm-hmm. of Walt and Gretchen. He's like giving, I guess, a some kind of lecture just to her for some reason. They're talking about something, and then he's it's like, like tutoring her or something. Yeah, yeah and, and then he's like hard flirting mm-hmm. toward the end. He like is leaning very physically toward her. Um, it's obvious that that's what he's doing. He's hitting on her. Yeah, I think he felt like some kind of <laughs> it's gross, but I think this is how he felt some kind of ownership over her. Probably. Uh, like he had called dibs on her. Yeah. When they were, I, I, they weren't even like students together. They were professor professor and student, right? Like he was. He was a grad student. I think he's a grad she student. maybe okay. wasn't quite a grad student yet. Gotcha. Or maybe okay. she, maybe she was. And just the fact that she's a woman was enough for him to, because he's kind of like that. Honestly, he's a little sexist. Okay. Yeah. And, and because he had known her first or whatever. Yeah. Right? So then the third thing is the fact that we are introduced to Elliot and Gretchen and Breaking Bad as being married and mm-hmm. super together and having a super nice house and yeah. a super nice company. Those three things are what lead me to think that that is what happened. There yeah. is a weird, stupid love triangle. And mm-hmm. Walter White was Walter White about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the prevailing theory. Yeah. And this... You know, it does nothing to change that, but I Mm-mm. wish it would have done a little bit more to fill fill <laughs> yeah. in that picture. Sure. Color it in. But I, I don't know. I mean, Walt, Walt artfully leaves out all the parts that make him look bad, right? Like he always yeah. does. He yeah. doesn't say, you know, when he got out of the company that they offered to take him back into the company and his pride right. made him say no. Yeah. Even later on in the early Breaking Bad, they... They mentioned bringing him back into the company, mm-hmm. or at least like yeah, that pool party. On yeah, his yeah. At least there being some kind of like payout or something, and he once again refuses to take it because mm-hmm. he is ego in human form. Yeah, absolutely. Pride. 
And, and so the, the big standout thing here is he doesn't regret any of the Mets stuff. Yeah. He doesn't regret any of that stuff. He's gotten people he killed. He's yeah. lost his entire family. He doesn't regret any of that. What he regrets is walking away from gray matter yep. because that was a point of pride to him, right? Like mm-hmm. this company that he built, I mean, rightfully, he did help build that thing from the ground up. Co-founded, yeah. Now it's super successful and his ego is all hurt because he's not a part of it. Mm-hmm. And Elliot's getting the the reward and the, the glamour. It, I think he and Saul are very similar in that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I <laughs> they're both... It's telling at the very end of this scene what Walt says to Jimmy after or Saul, whatever, <laughs> after he says, like, his biggest regret is some botched slip and fall that messed up his knee right? Uh, uh, forever ago. And he says, oh, so you were always like this. And I'm thinking right back at you, Walt. Right. You were always like this. The only you, difference pride, is you, you kept it on the inside and then you got it. The only difference diagnosis. is, yeah, you weren't, you didn't have the opportunity to let it overwhelm you because yeah. you had other things that were forcing you into situations that, like, you couldn't even think about it, right? It, it's mm-hmm. like Jimmy with his with all the stuff he does with Saul. It's just a distraction. Well, Saul, or sorry, Walt had legitimate distractions with a kid who was special needs. I was going to say, I really wonder how quickly after everything went down between him and Elliot, Elliot and Gretchen, how quickly he met Skylar because she was a waitress. So it could have been literally any restaurant that he went to and yeah. he saw a hot blonde waitress and macked on her and then suddenly found himself with a kid and then married. Yeah. Don't, don't they go into that? Wasn't it like he did crossword puzzles every day for mm-hmm. like a year and and he was always too scared to ask her out or whatever and then he eventually did. It was it was a kind of cute story the way that they met, I think. The way but that it was they also probably tinged with it. grossness. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, who can say? I mean, we know that Skylar is not like Gretchen. Mm-hmm. At all, really. Oh, it was tinged with grossness because he was telling the story at a time when Skylar fucking hated him. Yeah. And he was telling it as like this cute story. Yeah, wasn't that the scene where she she fucking walked into the pool? I I think that might have been that same barbecue. That was with Hank and Marie. Yeah. Yep, yep. He's he's talking and nobody's (laughs) even paying attention to what she's doing. And she just very stone-facedly walks into the pool Mm -hmm. and then stays down there. (laughs) Yes, that was the grossness I was remembering. Yeah, yeah. So right back at you, Walt. Right back at you, Walt. You piece of shit. You've always been terrible. Always, always, always. Uh, So next, we fast forward to the future again, to Saul and Bill Oakley in a plane. Bill tells him what happened with Kim and Cheryl Hamlin, and Saul realizes he still has one more bargaining chip, or at least that's how they play it in the scene. Yeah, so this is the beginning of this week's scam. Mm-hmm. Um, people thought, I've seen people say there was no scam this week, and I, they're not wrong. There's no scam, you know, there's definitely no montage scam, but there is a, a scam going on, there and is, it's on Kim this time. Yeah, there is, there is uh, Jimmy twisting the situation to get what he wants. Yeah, and it's a minor offense, but... It, it does leave Kim tapping her foot, very nervous about <laughs> what he's going to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the, so the idea here, I, I don't know if we want to explain this whole thing yet. Maybe mm-hmm. we should wait till the court scene because I think 
that's where it kind of comes to a head. Yeah. But yes, this scene is not quite what it seems. He's not. Yeah. At first I was like, why would Saul tempt fate by saying stuff in front of an air marshal that could be incriminating or could get Kim in trouble? I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It's a dog whistle. Until we get to the court scene later. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is just, I think you're right, him trying to position her, trying to get her to show up. The the thing I love about it, though, is that Bill's reaction, because Bill thinks he's insane. Bill thinks you're like, you're doing all this to get mint chocolate chip ice cream for seven and a half years? Uh Uh-huh. And he has such a low opinion of him that it it plays. He's like, yeah, (laughs) maybe this crazy asshole would actually, all right, all right, man, I'm going to go take a piss, whatever. (laughs) I do think Kim would know that she's opening herself up to a civil suit with Cheryl. Right? She knows she that. Had to yeah, know. she's smart enough. I think, but I think she's so, okay with it. I think she's like, maybe feels like she deserves yeah. it. There's a lot of like, I deserve this self self flagellation going on in yeah. this episode, or, or even in last episode, like you said, with Kim mm-hmm. confessing. I think that's in there. Yeah, um, she has to at least put the possibility for punishment out there. Mm-hmm. before she's going to feel good, uh, okay about what happened. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy does the same thing in this episode. He, I think one of the reasons he throws away this plea deal is punishment. He feels he deserves some kind of punishment. Oh, definitely, yeah. Especially, I think he had time to think between being on the run and seeing Kim's face again. Mm-hmm. Hearing her voice. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a plan in this scene, for sure. But he we'll does, yeah, and then, well, very quickly we'll get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, after this, we cut to Kim eating lunch with her boring fucking coworkers again. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry for the cussing. Uh, she leaves work early to volunteer at a pro bono office, and then gets a call from Suzanne, the Albuquerque ADA. Here's here's where I'm triggered. <laughs> hmm. One birthday at Red Lobster is too many birthdays at Red Lobster. I'm sorry. I will take. I, I would prefer. That you just truck in a, a truckload of their biscuits hmm. to my house. Cheddar Bay. I'll take that. Sure. Uh-huh. But actually visiting, going into a Red Lobster? Counter argument. Mm-hmm. If you've never been there before, mm-hmm. maybe that would be okay. But then once. Once is okay. But, but maybe no not birthdays. after that. No birthdays at Red Lobster. Uh, okay, here's the pass you get. If you are <laughs> planning on taking someone to Red Lobster for their birthday. Mm-hmm. A, they can't have ever been there before. Right. Because then they won't be a treat. They'll know what they're in for. Mm-hmm. B, you can't ever have been there before because mm. if you know what kind of place Red Lobster is and you willingly Why subject would you take someone a loved one on their birthday to that environment, sure. you are a criminal. <laughs> you deserve to be in a juicy dumpster. You do. You deserve to lose your diamonds in a juicy dumpster. That's yes. what Jim thinks. That's what, exactly what I think. <laughs> but their biscuits bring them on. Hell yeah. I've never been, so I have no opinion. Well, I know what we're doing for your next birthday. <laughs> mm, I don't have birthdays. I'm the only person who doesn't have birthdays. Weird. Mm, strange. Uh, do you think... You're yeah. lucky because I have been to a Red Lobster. So I, I know I enough to take you there. This was the voice of experience oh, yeah. speaking. Mini yeah. Red Lobster. Christians love Red Lobster. I don't know why. Midwestern people and like. Midwest Christians fucking love Red Lobster. Yeah. Is it because it's like 
It's the Cracker Barrel of the Sea is what it is. (laughs) The Cracker Barrel of Seafood is what Red Lobster is. Is it? Tell me I'm wrong. Do they have a bunch of kitsch on the walls? Oh, yeah. The whole theme is... Is there a separate little shop connected to it? Do you have to walk through the gift shop to get into the restaurant? No. Mm. No, they don't have gift shops at Red Lobster. I like the gift shop at Cracker Barrel. That's my little confession. Yeah. I always like the peg game. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad out of context, well, but yes, yes, yes. The the pegging game, you say. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. The peg game. Oh my god, okay. This is a throwaway. I'm just gonna say this real fast. Um I saw somebody on Reddit say that there could be a Kettleman spinoff. Who <laughs> call it better peg Craig? <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, the peg game is fun. I do not remember how to play it, but I remember enjoying it as a young child with ADHD. You know the, the In-N-Out uh, burger? Burger. They're, they're animal style. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's where they, they make the burger real sloppy. Okay, I was going to say, real I've heard juicy. tell. I've heard tell of this. Yeah, they put all kinds of sauce and toppings on it and stuff. Mm. I was, if, if they're going to do another spinoff of the Breaking Bad universe... <laughs> yeah. I want one focused on Los Pollos Hermanos called Lyle Style. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where like he it. just manages a Los Pollos and scrubs an oven for six seasons. Would you watch that? No. Would you watch a show no. prominently featuring a cuck? Lyle Style, he... Wor- he so Saul's empire goes down. Saul's empire. Gus's empire goes down. Mm-hmm. Los Pollos is shuttered. He has to go to Red Lobster to get a job. Mm. Now he's making everything Lyle Style. Nice. And that's the series. Trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some joke involving spice curls, and I just can't get there. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> there doesn't need to be one. Yeah, it didn't need to be anything I just said, but it's there. <laughs> Nothing so I said in the last three minutes needed to be said either, but <laughs> that's life, baby. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah. So we. This is definitely when she decides that she needs to go she's got to go back to the abq kim does oh yeah i i hate i hate the shot of kim through that windshield with those palm tree reflections it's so ugly yeah and and i don't know if that's the point that like this life she's living is just ugly and bad but like it could be her her choice of cardigan and shirt is pretty ugly and bad too oh yeah and her hair was ugly and bad <laughs> i don't know uh but yeah i i've never been as offended by a shot honestly as that shot and i feel like it's intentional I th- yeah i think it's meant to obscure i think we're i think it's a little bit of a metaphor to how she has kind of hidden her light under a bunch of florida ugliness sure maybe i yeah, don't know maybe it's just an trees. ugly shot that happens mm-hmm. there's one other thing in this scene that it's not quite as ugly as that windshield shot, but it's ugly, and it's a thing that they do from time to time. Uh, it ultimately doesn't matter because I think we do eventually get clued into what he said. But this testimony involving Kim, when she gets the call from Suzanne, um, the the DA, ADA, is she still ADA? Jesus, it's only been like a year, so maybe. No, it's been like six years. No, what? No, what? Since 2004, yeah. We're now in 2010. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just... 
all the Breaking Bad stuff happens and then all the Gene stuff happens. Mm. Now we're in 2010. Mm. Yeah, okay. I've been watching too many things. I'm getting my my time jumps time jumps mixed up. Yeah, so I I'm a little annoyed that we don't get to hear exactly what she says and I don't know the purpose for it. I still don't understand why they do this. It shows the beginning of the call but not the end. Yeah. Yeah, they leave out the important details and I I guess it's supposed to create tension, but I think there's more tension if you think that Jimmy is possibly going to blow up her spot. Mm-hmm. Now, the only the only reason I could see that you wouldn't want to show it to us is if it's something just wildly untrue that as a viewer we would know is wildly untrue. Right. But I would I honestly I would think that that would create tension too because then you're like why is Jimmy lying about all this stuff? Is he going to try and throw her under the bus to get his ice cream? That's disgusting. That's so funny. That thought never even crossed my mind that he would actually do that. Not even for a second. Right, right, because they don't... Well, I I don't know. It definitely crossed my mind when he said, like, Hmm. yeah, there's stuff I have to unload on the the government and it involves Kim. I'm like, what is he doing here? Is this one last moment where he's going to continue to to spiral down and be terrible? That's fair. I'm... I must have missed the the greater context of that in my <laughs> gotcha. my idealism. Which I, I mean, that's yeah, that's perfectly reasonable to do because it's not super clear. Mm-hmm. I think I think this episode is playing, you know, tricks. But yeah. uh, and I think it's well told. It's just it takes a second to realize what's going on. To be fair, for this phone conversation, I mean all. Uh, Suzanne would have to say is that he has testimony that involves you mm-hmm. because they don't they don't know obviously he's not going to give it before he is in a place to give it yeah. so I don't know if there is actually anything else that they could have said I assume if you want to get like uh, I don't know <laughs> visually interesting this is like a mirror of or this this is a parallel to what happened with her and Jean, right? Like she said some stuff to him that we didn't get to see. Some somebody saying stuff to her that we don't get to see. And it's about like what he said. Sure. So maybe there's like a, you know, full circle kind of thing here, but I, it wasn't to my taste, Hmm. but it's like the only thing in this episode that I wasn't really in for. Gotcha. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Uh, Next, we follow Saul on his way to the hearing to discuss his generous plea deal. 
Saul starts to put on the same show he did for the prosecution, but then takes a hard left turn into the truth and finally tells everyone everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Including Chuck's stuff. Incredible. What a turnaround. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the less consequential stuff here. Mm-hmm. Bill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Bill's shitting his pants. I visibly. love it. <laughs> It's showtime, and he's still, he's just terrorizing Bill at every chance, right? He's seeing, Bill's looking around at the lineup that he's against. Yeah. Like, the the litany of, of judges, and or not judges, of, of attorneys and on the government employees. side. Yeah. Uh, all of the victims sitting in the audience here. Um, and then when Jimmy just starts unloading things, like, the way that... <laughs> The bill reacts to that is just like, it's he's he's just blindsided by a truck here. He is blindsided, and then he's like fumbling, but legally trying at every yeah. turn to get him to shut up. To like, and then he's trying to back out of it. Like, can I can I not be here anymore? <laughs> the judge is like, Nah, you came in with this fool. You're Stuck in, for in his case. At this point, I'm thinking Saul's just taking him down with him. Right. Like, was that the plan all along? It, and I don't think it was. But um, my other question about that is, why is the petition to withdraw from this case denied? Is it because, oh, when you you thought you had the upper hand, you were willing to defend this scumbag. Mm-hmm. Now that things are turning on you, you want out? You want to weasel your way out of this? No, no, Maybe no. Maybe it's no. just his face. He's got he's got a weasel face. <laughs> yeah, he definitely he does. He could be asking to go to the bathroom and it would still look like he's trying to weasel his way out of something. Yep. And the way, oh man, the reactions from Bill when when Jimmy says with all due respect, Judge, I think I know the law better, <laughs> the law here better than you do. I'm like, oh my God, if you want to piss off a judge, tell them you know more than they do. Yeah, uh, I would think so. That would be, it was just outstanding, all of his reactions throughout this scene. It was fun. It was a, it was a delightful little fiasco to give mm-hmm. us right at the end of this thing. And then there's the other half of this. Yeah. Which is the much more serious, the much more interesting part of it. Jimmy throwing himself under the bus not to save Kim but to I mean to redeem himself in her not eyes not to save Kim but yes to, to salvage their relationship the only thing that's ever meant anything to him to salvage that right this is the regret life. yeah and then that's why I like how all of this stuff works together over the course of this episode and why one of the other things I really love is the next scene going to that with mm-hmm. Michael McKean. Yeah. Uh, right after this, he he only really has two regrets, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe Howard's <laughs> regret. Howard's probably a regret. Yeah, I guess he has a few. Um, but we get to see them all here, like back to back to back. Right? He talks yeah. about how, uh, you know, Howard got caught up in it and he didn't deserve it. All that stuff. Um. That's a huge regret for him. And then Chuck, obviously, uh, we see in the next scene, you know, how he's realizes that he could have tried harder. Right. Um, and then the, the real thing that he's doing in this room is apologizing to Kim uh, and trying to, like I said, salvage whatever can be salvaged of their relationship. Let him let let Kim know that he is remorseful for the things he's done. He's remorseful, yeah, and just being emotionally vulnerable to her 
mm-hmm. for one of the very few times that it's ever happened and about the things that she that were important to her too and it's diametrically opposed to the way we saw them go out last episode right yeah where he's got his feet kicked up on his desk not a care mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. yeah um so i don't know this performance from bob odenkirk is incredible it's it's not over the top mm-hmm. it's not out of character it's like it's it's perfectly in character for jimmy he doesn't yeah he he never gets around to feeling like this and you know now he's like slightly and, and i love the moment where bill interrupts him he's like just <laughs> let let me get through this i'm, I'm trying to do something here bill right. you have you are so far out of your depth man it's <laughs> also, donnie from the big lebowski right also, do you not understand what's happening here like it's a switcheroo a switcheroo to <laughs> right. you I obviously yeah, instead of the uh, defending the case of the century and getting your you know plea deal, you're going to now have it all turn around on you in the last moment and look like a fool. Yeah, yeah. he's still involved in the case, though. It's still going to raise a star. Right? But he's going to look like an idiot, right? They had this great plea deal, and then suddenly his client goes off the deep end. And Well, how's that his fault, right? Yeah, I imagine it makes you look bad as a lawyer that you didn't have a better handle on the case. Sure. Got surprised by that. But more people will know about him. Mm-hmm. That matters. And the, the way they build up to it is so good, too, because I'm like, okay, is Jimmy going to throw himself under the bus to save Kim? Is that going to be a thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he tries. He starts off with the same story that we saw him tell Marie mm-hmm. uh, and the, the prosecutor on, uh, you know, a few scenes ago. This big sob story, right? Like, all I got to get is one juror. He starts off with that, and I'm like, he's really going to try this on the judge? This is a terrible idea. <laughs> but he's not trying it on the judge, mm-hmm. right? He's about to pivot into, well, all that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Ray Seahorn also, <laughs> even though she doesn't say anything in this scene, her face is speaking volumes. Mm-hmm. And you can see, you can see the moment that she basically forgives him, or at the very least, she looks at him like he's a human again. Yeah. And, and that the, is after he talks about Chuck. Yes. He finally admits yeah. how he felt about Chuck and his part in what happened and his, again, his regret. He finally talks about his fucking regret. And right. That was and that's what it. she's wanted for three, two, two seasons now. Cause there's ever since his death, basically. Well, I remember the final scene of, I think season four it's when, well, it's whenever he gets his law license back mm-hmm. and you know, the, he goes to change his name and she's like, what? And he does the finger guns and says, it's all good, man. Yeah. That was, th- there was a moment there, a uh, emotional beat there that I remember about her being shocked that he didn't actually believe anything or he didn't actually feel any of the stuff he said about Chuck mm-hmm. that got him his law license back. It was all bullshit. And this is the exact uh, opposite the exact like reversal of that, right? Yeah. Where now she sees, oh, he does actually, he did actually feel and believe all of that. Um, but in the moment, he was not the man who would admit that. He was reeling. Yeah. He was reeling. Mm-hmm. And then he continued reeling for about seven years until he finally pulled his head out of his ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is his turn back toward having a soul. Uh, yeah. Kim sees it. An attempt, at least. And especially like the one of the things I appreciate about 
Ray Seahorn's performance here is how the the difference, the the change between when she walks into this courtroom and when she leaves it. And like the, you know, the style of the show, they do a lot of show, not tell, you know, to various success. Um, but in this scene, they show her tapping her foot and it says like everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. It's like she's worried. Oh, fuck. What is what is this loose cannon? Where is this going? You know, save his own ass guy going to do now that's going to screw me. And halfway through the scene, she realizes, oh, that's not actually what he's doing at all. He's here trying to give me an apology and he's going to, it's going to cost him his life, mm-hmm. like the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't know, seeing seeing the relief sort of on her face at the end of this was, <laughs> I'm such a softie. It was a little bit of like a, a balm to my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, finally, a little, just like a hint of reconciliation. Yeah. I've always been probably way too invested in their relationship throughout this entire series. It's been one of the things that have that's mattered to me the most. Yeah, no, me too. I'm I'm a big fan of them together when things are good. Um yeah. when they go, you know, off the deep end, not so much. Not so I, much. I think there's another element to this apology and you know, like I said, throwing away the rest of his life in order to make this apology. I think that's necessary. Like, I think that's a crucial component of this apology is that he is going to suffer some actual truly egregious consequence. Yeah. And this is not because she comes into the room thinking he's trying to weasel his way out of consequences yet again. Mm-hmm. By the time she leaves, she realizes, no, he's thrown himself under the bus. And without that, I don't think I believe this confession from Jimmy. I, I I take it right back to the Chuck thing that he did to get his law license back. Right. And I think he's just saying what he what he needs to say to make me to make me forgive him in it's this moment. Because he tears. wants because yeah. he wants this relationship. Not because not because he not because he values the relationship, but because well, he does, right? I mean he always mm-hmm. he always <laughs> does these things that end up hurting or affecting people because he wants to be liked. And part of being liked is having mutual feelings with someone, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that he's not doing it for them, but he's mostly doing it for himself. Here, that is not true. Yeah. That is completely not true. Yeah. Normally, uh, he, in in much the same way as Walter White, is trying to maintain some kind of image of himself, at least as Jimmy. Mm -hmm. That's what he was doing, was trying to maintain an image of himself. But in this courtroom, he doesn't care about that anymore. Yeah. He's he's willing to show his dirtiest, darkest feelings. He's willing to admit what kind of person he's been. Yeah. Instead of saying it's all good, man, I'll just be yeah, this person. He's like, no, the person I was was bad. Yeah. I and went, I went to- I'm going to prove it to you. I- I'm going to prove that I understand that. Yeah. Not just that I'll say that, but I mm-hmm. understand that. And, and I will accept the consequences for that. Yeah. The only way to prove that I understand is for me to bring consequences down on myself. Absolutely. So beautiful, beautiful courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a hilarious thing too, to me, is going into this, you know, we joked about the giant montage that the finale <laughs> episode could be, which would suck. The other thing I thought might suck is trying to prosecute Saul Goodman for his crimes. 
and they figured out a way to make and I should have known, right? Mm-hmm. This I should have known. I should have just like looked at chicanery and said, no, <laughs> some the law stuff that they do in this is some of the most interesting stuff they do, period. They found a way in this finale to make the prosecution, the prolonged, drawn out prosecution of Saul Goodman super interesting and emotionally affecting. And also super short. And super short. (laughs) Very elegant. You're right. The real process, (laughs) probably very long and drawn out. This episode, not. Um, Yeah. But I was shocked by that, honestly. I thought it was going to be something much more exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say this isn't exciting, because in a lot of ways it is. It's It's very dramatic. Very dramatic. But yeah, I, I did not think we would spend the majority of the finale of this show inside of courtrooms. Yeah, but in some ways, uh, that makes a lot of sense for the show. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's where we started, and mm-hmm. it's where we're finishing, much like that smoking scene later on. Yes. Yeah, it was really sweet. So, after this beautifulness, we go back in time to the first half of Better Call Saul, when Jimmy was still delivering groceries daily to his shut-in brother, Chuck. Mm-hmm. This is the I could have tried harder scene. Yeah. You did so much for him, man. You they did so much for him. You tried honestly. so hard. He did try so hard is the Just thing. Just not in the ways that matter. Not not so. the real stuff. I guess so. You know, he brought him groceries. He did the, like Jimmy does, he did the outwardly showy stuff. Mm-hmm. The stuff that he could point to to someone to justify, hey, I did stuff. I tried. Brought him groceries every day. My God, I picked up the paper for him. I hunted down new ones he'd be interested in but when but when chuck invites him to sit down and talk he says no i'm out of here and you know there are a lot of reasons for that right it's super complicated yeah there is a there is much greater context to that than just this scene we have to remember 100 agree when he was working in the mailroom and he wanted to be a lawyer and chuck was dead set against it tried at every turn basically to tell him that he was a piece of sh- a piece of shit who didn't deserve to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. And I think this scene captures the complexity of their relationship yeah. f- extremely well. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about a lot of these things are recaps mm-hmm. of seasons. I mean, this is early. This is years ago. Yeah. Um, Super early. That this was a concern. And like, you know, him saying, okay, uh, you know, maybe you could we could stay and talk about your cases. I think he doesn't even say talk about the cases. He just says talk. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy says, oh, what are we going to talk about? He's like, I don't know cases, you know, something something to just get him to stay. I think this is a genuine moment of Chuck reaching out to his brother to try and just have a human connection. But then, you know, Jimmy brings up the very valid point you just want to tell me what I'm doing wrong because yes, that happens a lot in these conversations. And when he says like, Even if we always end up intention. having the same conversation, yeah. he's right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I love about this relationship in particular. It's very complicated. Very. And it's, you know, I, I've been on the fuck Chuck wagon. I've been <laughs> off of it. I'm, I've, I've got like one foot on it and one foot off of it at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I think both of them are to blame for this. I don't, want to try and narrow down who's more to blame. No, I, I don't think that they're... And this scene doesn't try and do it. No, which is good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a very neutral scene for a very complicated relationship, like you said. I do believe that they are equal parts to blame in 
their lack of reconciliation. I think so. Because Chuck is a little arrogant, and he is only capable of seeing a person as a certain way. I don't know that he believes that people can change. Um, and Jimmy wants... I mean, he wants his brother to like him, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes clear to him that that's never going to happen, he goes hard the other way. Like, all right, well, fuck you. Yeah. Hence chicanery mm-hmm. and he, all that stuff. He lost the opportunity for that when Chuck killed himself, right? Yeah. And so now Pretty he's good. just off off the deep end. Yep. Uh, I really... Well, let's talk about some of the other stuff in this scene, I guess. Okay. I, I love all the descriptions of the crimes that his clients are committing. <laughs> Including waving the weenie in front of Hobby Lobby. Uh-huh. Yes. If you're going to wave your weenie outside of anywhere, it might as well be Hobby Lobby. Yeah. That's where it's I do it. Guys. <laughs> it's where you... Wait. Would, would do it. Oh, if I were to good do it. save. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, the, the best part about this line to me is you, you can actually see Bob Odenkirk enjoying that line in real time. <laughs> yes. Like there is, there is no acting there. He, the acting is him not cracking up because yes. he loves that line. Yes. You can see it on his face. Uh, and that to me is always enjoyable. It's like the Saturday Night Live stuff when they break. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, those, those are always the best moments for me. But yeah, you, he almost break, breaks character here because <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> It is good, and it's very it's very classic Jimmy. It's very season one Jimmy. It's nice to see yes. he still can be a little lighthearted about stuff, mm-hmm. but genuinely lighthearted. Yeah, I guess that's the other part of the episode that we haven't really talked about. The part of Bob Odenkirk's performance is he's got to portray <laughs> four different versions. Of the same person. Four different versions of the same character in this yeah. one episode. Yeah. Maybe five? I it's a lot it's a mm-hmm. lot and he does it seemingly effortlessly you know he i talked about it. how yeah. walt is a very different walt in this flashback than he mm-hmm. was in the previous one but right. those were two separate i mean i'm sure they were shot like back to back probably either on the same day or mm-hmm. or next day um but yeah he's he's doing all this in a single episode and it's very impressive it is dude's got chops for sure yeah. And we get to do a lot more. Uh, one last element in this scene that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in the episode, the time machine. <laughs> yes, the book. the book. I love this because this is an indication that this is his regret, right? Yeah. When you're talking about the time machine and regrets, having that in the scene. And it, and it brings me back to like, I th- think there were scenes earlier on where... Uh, where Jimmy and Chuck were in a tent and he was like reading to him by flashlight. Yep. It wasn't this book. It was Mm-mm. some other book, but it brought me back to that scene, right? It evokes that kind of emotion, that sweeter time in their relationship, the innocent time and how like not being there anymore is that regret for him. Yeah, absolutely. And you could see, you could look at, if you wanted to, if you wanted to interpret it this way, uh, Chuck reading this book while also just having had this, you know, trying to reach out again to Jimmy and it not working again. Mm-hmm. You could say that, that could be Chuck's regret. Yeah. Is not yeah. being able to establish a real connection with his brother. 
Yeah, no, I think you nailed that. So instead of <laughs> instead of having him ask the fucking time machine question for a third time right, in this right. episode, they just yeah they do it that way. It's much more subtle and it's much more true to the the character of Chuck because I don't know that he wouldn't have given a real answer to that anyway. Unlike oh, the God, other two no. people, no. Both Mike and Walt somehow managed to give a sincere answer, but yeah, I don't think Chuck would have. Yeah, I wonder what Chuck's biggest regret would have been. Would it have been not telling Jimmy what his mom said on her deathbed? Would it have been refusing to give him a job when he worked his ass off to get a law license, a law degree? Um, Would it have been some other moment with like maybe Rebecca. Yeah. I don't know. There are just lots of little hurts in their relationship. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be really hard to pinpoint like what was the origin of them not being able to get along anymore. And what did Chuck care about? Like I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chuck cared deeply about the law and you know, like, like Jimmy says in the previous scene, like that's the one thing that was, that was super affecting. That's the one thing he cared about it. I took it away from him. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. So I wonder if it would be something related to the law. A case he lost. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah. His, his bullshit regret as opposed to his real regret. Sure. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We'll never know because he. Nope. Off himself. Very sad. Mm-hmm. So after this scene, we go forward again to a much less luxurious prison transport. Um, the other inmates on the bus recognize Saul and start chanting his name. What's that about? I really don't get it. I think maybe they're trying to show us that his time in prison is probably not actually going to be all that terrible because he's he is known to be a friend to criminals, right? He was a sure. criminal lawyer. A criminal he lawyer. had these commercials that everybody has even a little bit of a trash gene inside them loves. Mm-hmm. I love them. Sure. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> okay. That that that's how I took it anyway. And just, well, and later on he like he pounds it with the guy who takes over the bread job mm-hmm. when he goes to meet with Kim. So I feel like it will not take very long before he has his own little network inside this prison. I know it's high security, but within that he's still probably going to be able to get cigarettes and shit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um that's definitely what it's about. I was kind of surprised his, by that, though. His smile at the end. Uh-huh. Where he's like, yeah. It won't be right. so bad. <laughs> I did this. I guess I was surprised by that, though, because I'm thinking if I'm Saul, I'm worried that there are a lot of people, like <laughs> all the people that you actually helped, that mm-hmm. you were able to deliver on the promise of, you know, this super lawyer who's going to get you off. Well, they're not where you're going. They're on the outside. You mm-hmm. you helped them. You saved them. But all of everybody who you <laughs> couldn't get off, everybody who you sure. failed, is now on the inside with you. It's Maybe. like a cop going to jail, right? Like uh, you whoa, put me way away. It's different than a cop going to jail. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not as direct. But mm-hmm. like, I could see a lot of prisoners going, "Hey, man, you said you'd get me off. I I saw your commercials. Right. Better call Saul. No, no, I did. I called Saul, and look where I am." And then shiv him 48 times. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I, I'm looking at it as these are like the friends of the people who he did get off. And I feel like he got most people off yeah. with pretty light sentences. Mm-hmm. That's um, my guess. So those are the friends of the friends of those people. Okay. So 
it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what they were saying. It's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, he's going to make bread. He's going to live fine. He's mm-hmm. going to be out in the yard. Yeah, he'll be he'll be he'll be stuck in this one place. He won't mm-hmm. be able to have nice cars anymore, or yeah. a mansion, or a golden turlet. But he didn't have those things before anyway. So yeah, I don't know. So that was my takeaway from that. Why stare at the guy's sweat bead? That was my other question about this. Like, why is he? Because he seems to be surprised by it, by the sweat. Hmm. Is it because it's cold there? Maybe. It's Colorado. I'd... Just something to fixate on. I don't know. Big juicy, yeah, know. big juicy sweat droplet on a chunky neck. Mm-hmm. Also, did you recognize that guy? The the first inmate who turned around. No. I kind of did, but it might just be from other shows. Yeah, could be. I couldn't tell if I was supposed to know him from this show or not. Hmm. Nope. All right. Well, we so we follow Saul to, or Jimmy, I guess, to the prison bakery, then to an interview room where Kim's waiting. They share a smoke like old times, and she walks out of the prison to Jimmy's finger guns. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. Oh, yeah brings everything full circle right it feels like a reconciliation to me and yeah it's very it's delightfully round yeah his his scam (laughs) you know minor scam on kim worked right Mm -hmm. and and she believes his confession and his apology she she calls him jimmy Mm -hmm. when she sees him hi jimmy in that very loving tone yeah because i i look back at jimmy and jimmy was Jimmy, when she knew him, was a guy who was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, he he was not slipping Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He no. was just Jimmy McGill, he the mailroom guy, yep. the guy that was, you know, organizing the, the betting pool. The guy who, I mean, for the office. looked up to his brother, even yeah. if he didn't necessarily like him. He looked up to him. The guy who was busting his ass to get a law license mm-hmm. and do the right thing. That kernel of goodness. Yeah. And now that's back, right? Yeah. That's what the cigarette means. She wants to believe that it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it is. I mean, the, and I I really love that moment and combined with the finger guns, Mm -hmm. um, the finger guns to me, and you might have a different interpretation of this is to tell her he's okay with his decision. He has no regrets. The finger guns are not like, haha, I better call Saul. Oh, and I'm yeah, no, sti- no, no, I'm no. always going to keep being me, baby. It's like, I took I'm it good as, with this. I took it, it as, yeah, don't, don't worry about me too much. Yeah. And I'm right in thinking that these guys are definitely going to keep in touch, right? I, I don't see I feel, why not. I feel like yeah. they're going to. This is not the last time they're going to talk to each other, especially now that so. everything's everything's out in the open, uh-huh. basically. they're All the dirty laundry has been aired. Mm-hmm. It is fresh clean and yeah he's stuck in jail but at least they can have a phone call every week and maybe she never needs to hear yep yep (laughs) yep again i do wonder what her florida life is gonna look like oh she's gonna change it it. you think so you think she's gonna be a little more proactive be a little bit well she she's volunteering at that pro bono office so she's already taken steps right right I think between that, between the Cheryl uh, confession, yeah, getting that off her shoulders, and then getting to some place where she can feel good about Jimmy, mm-hmm. and 
and then heal from that uh, aspect of this. Yeah, I think I don't know why she wouldn't go back to a life because <laughs> she didn't have a life in Florida. It was nothing. Yeah, I mean, she she cut her hair and dressed nicely too. Uh huh. Not necessarily like the Kim that we remember, but certainly a a shinier version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think she's going to be just fine. I think so too. I I really I really 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 like where the series leaves us here. Oh, yeah. I like that these two are, you know, basically okay again. Uh, but but Jimmy is still suffering consequences. Mm-hmm. I like that they managed to thread that needle. And so is Kim. I mean, yeah. Jim yeah. Didn't, didn't get away from consequences. No. <laughs> She's... She's got a civil suit hanging over her head. That could possibly. I like that they leave that up in the air. Yeah. I don't need to know that Kim's going to get sued and she's never going to make a cent in her life that doesn't go to Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like that she has given up a lot of the stuff that that was part of who she was before. You know, these people have had to change themselves. Yeah. Because of these events, you know, she gave up practicing the law. Um. In that she way, might get back into in it. That high intensity, right? Corporate lawyer way, yeah. Yeah, I think she loved that life. I think she also loved the life with um, that that she was looking at with the Howard or the the Sandpiper money, right? If they could mm-hmm. convince Howard to you know go crazy and then get that money, she could open up a pro bono office. I think this is like a scaled down version that's going to be less satisfying, but still satisfying. It's something. It's better than nothing. Yeah, and maybe she just does this, you know, nights and weekends, yeah. um, volunteer work, and then she's working at some stupid sprinkler place or a pet shop or whatever. But at least she's doing some kind of service to her her ethics. Yeah. And then she visits Jimmy once a month or whatever and, mm-hmm. in jail and sneaks him a file and he breaks out. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's a perfect place to leave them. I'm super happy with the way this resolved. Yeah, I'm satisfied. And that's really all you can ask for. You know what else I'm satisfied with? (sighs) This episode of Mm. the podcast. Mm. Are you? 100% satisfied. I'm so satisfied with this episode that I'm going to punt. And then this is going to be, you're going to like this. Don't worry, audience. (laughs) This is not diminishing the content in any way. I'm going to punt all the feedback to next week. Oh, We are going to have a podcast next week, a wrap-up podcast. I think, A, like I said, I have to punt this feedback. We're already an hour and a half in, and there is a (laughs) metric boatload of feedback uh, that has come in. I'm trying to read a lot of it, and so I have like 20 pages of feedback here (laughs) that we have in no way enough time to get to. So we're going to do that next week uh, along with a wrap-up for the series, just say our final farewells uh, for this show. But we do have other plans. Yeah, they're, they're, we may be announcing a, a new project if any of you are interested in that. I mean, I think I'm okay to announce it right now. Oh, shit. We can, we can at least tell people the name. We don't have any content for you yet, <laughs> and we don't know exactly when this is going to come out, but I want to let people know because we've had a lot of people write in and ask, mm-hmm. are you guys going to mm-hmm. be doing... Any other shows, and we kind of hinted around it last episode, but I think since then we've talked about it, and I think we definitely are going to do a podcast called... called you want to say it together? Brendan, Brendan Done, Done That. that. And it's going to be a Brendan Fraser 
catalog retrospective <laughs> where we're going to review Brendan Fraser movies, TV shows. The show that nobody asked for, but you're going to get. Brendan Fraser, there's a bit of a renaissance happening. Renaissance. Yeah. So I'm. We might have even said this last time. I don't know. We, we might have said we had the idea for it, but yeah, we're yeah. settled on that. Can actually um, do it. And that's great because I like a lot of Brendan Fraser movies. I know one of your favorite movies yes. is a Brendan Fraser movie. The Mummy. That's mm-hmm. like top tier, probably top five movies for me. Nice. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Jurassic the Park. Mummy. The Mummy. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. We I guess did I'm watch little, that recently. I'm a little basic millennial, but what do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> well, Ghostbusters. I'm, I'm also a basic millennial because I love those <laughs> movies too. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's Airheads. There's Encino Man. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. We're not, I, I don't know how we're going to like format this yet. We're talking about ideas. We've got some mm. fun stuff that I think is going to be enjoyable uh, planned for this podcast. So yeah, we'll do a wrap up next week and then we'll let you know more next week about the release schedule, release yeah, date, format, like. all that stuff. I'd right. love to, to bang out a trailer and get that out there for people yeah that'd be cool but we got to record something to have a trailer so true yeah we'll see how that goes um in the meantime before next week go ahead and send feedback to bcs at baldmove.com uh with your thoughts on maybe not necessarily the finale because i have plenty of that Mm. so far (laughs) uh but on the series as a whole like yeah you know what you what you thought about it everybody's gonna be asking the big question which is better breaking bad or better call saul so answer that yourself so yeah right and maybe we'll tally the votes yes that that sounds perfect (laughs) write in and say which is your favorite better call saul or breaking bad uh and we will tally it and we'll come up with the the official score yeah exciting yeah once and for all absolutely uh, so yeah, I'm excited to do all that stuff. Me too. But I guess that means this is the end of the podcast and we'll have to just see you guys next week. Mm. So thanks for listening. And yes, until then, you. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. Bye.